Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. to the Larkcast, uh, where Russ was just about to tell me an embarrassing story of him getting hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the Larkcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, man, right before you hit record, I was leaning over to, to pick something up um, out of this swivelly chair that I'm sitting in and uh, had a flashback, bro. So the second church I ever worked for was on like South Asheville area, North Carolina. And it was an SBC church started out as like, you know, the youth pastor part-time, right. Worked part-time in the machine shop. And then eventually moved into starting a college ministry and then starting a first ever like small group, right. Ministry that would meet outside of the church building, bro. This was a really big deal. This is 2001. Um, Oh yeah. And, uh, Anyhow, so then I naturally like, because, you know, you upgrade, bro, you move up the ladder, man. So now I'm a full-time dude. I'm associate pastor running and gunning. Got my first secretary and, uh, sweet, really sweet older lady. Um, she was close to retirement age, smart, man. She was smart, detailed and, uh, very angry. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, so uh I, I have a funny story. Can I pause yours really quick? So <laughs> I was asked to do lead a merger. Uh it was a, our church um, you know, uh took over a, another church. But the whole thing was like you got to keep all the staff. And so I inherited mm-hmm. an admin named Kim. And Kim was great. Um Kim was, you know, middle-aged um <laughs> She looks like she hadn't missed a meal in a very long time. <laughs> and I can say that because my nickname is Tony Two Plates. I can say that, okay? <laughs> I'm just, hey, hey, that's not judging. That's just making an observation. <laughs> <laughs> so I came home <laughs> and right around this time, dude, we were having, we had a couple pastors like just like fall morally. One dude was like cheating on his wife with like, somebody at this camp he was bringing high school students to we're like dang this dude's like really about this like camp in north carolina or whatever <laughs> like he just kept kept going there well come to find out he had a side piece there like yeah of oh course you gosh, know dude. i know dude it was and it was bad it was like on it was like and everyone was like well the, you can imagine where the conversation is going oh yeah. Like, yeah how do we safeguard this all that so everyone's like everyone's kind of like heightened about this and on guard and all that so i came home and i was like yeah you know first day i met that secretary that um secretary that i that i got her name's kim and she's like you know 25 short you know kind of cute like just real like real killer personality i think i said something like that to pam but you could just see like pam's face like turning red and I was just like, Uh-oh. yeah, no, babe, I was just kidding. She's middle-aged and she looked like she'd been 
go do a lot of potlucks. <laughs> can we keep this in the Larkass? I think we can. I don't know, man. I got I got a stew on that one. But no, I mean, pun, there no, is... pun, no pun intended. You got a stew on that one. I mean, there is something to be said about we are firm believers in levity is one of the greatest evidences that the gospel has hit home. <laughs> so, so in that vein, it's like, yeah, man, we got to be able to laugh at ourselves and laugh at all these things. And, but I was not laughing, bro, in my story. Yeah. Cause I'm sorry. Cause Miss Shirley, um, she was right outside my door and you know how like church offices, bro, like, you know, you gotta have that clear glass door, man. that you know, you could see through and you got, you right. Know, right. Every, every, Everything's visible and and I was leaning over, bro, and this swivel chair man to pick something up and it kicked out from underneath me. And it had these metal armrests, bro. And I am not lying to you. I fell straight down on that metal armrest, pointed straight up, bro. And it hit me where the good Lord split me, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Broke my what do they call that? Your coccyx? Is that what it's called? <laughs> bone? It's like the tip of your tailbone, like, like literally cracked. And man, you I gave, was you like, gave yourself a coccyx bro, adjustment. Was, <laughs> that lady come running in there, Pastor Russ, Pastor Russ, what, what are you okay? She couldn't see me because she all she could hear was me screaming. <laughs> But she looked in the door and there's no one visible. And bro, I was laying on the floor just rolling, man. Well, I was going to, I mean, hands down to this day, probably second most painful moment in my life, man. Yeah, dude. Sounds like it. Yeah. So before we hit record, I was leaning over in this chair, pick something up. And I broke into an immediate sweat as that flashback hit me. Yeah, we and, uh, we want you I'm to... Glad to. I'm glad to be back. Take care of your coccyx, everyone. Um, mm. Protect it. Protect it at all costs. It's very painful when the coccyx gets gets hit. Yeah, dude, that's that's no joke, man. It isn't. We're back in John 13. And, speaking of um, painful. Yeah, speaking <laughs> of <laughs> We're back in John 13, and there's a nice... We didn't get to the, the entirety of the story, but there's a real nice contrast in John 13 um, that we want to want to bring up, maybe something that you haven't noticed in this passage before. Um, but we all kind of like know um, about Judas's betrayal. But one of the things that's couched in John 13 is also the foretelling of Peter's betrayal and denial. Yeah. And so you have these spectrum, you have this spectrum of Judas, who is forever the poster child of, you know, unbelief betraying Jesus, you know, Jesus, no one wants to name their kid, you know, Judas, like he's a cultural name, right? Mm -hmm. All that. Um, but then Peter over here, this religious yeah. posturing wants to do good. He's got the Lord's back. He's pulling a sword out in the next, you know, coming chapters, like when the Roman soldiers come around him. Um, but yeah, Peter's betrayal and denial. And Judas's betrayal and denial are couched in the same same passage here. And yet, and yet Jesus really kind of treats both in the way you would expect. 
Yeah. And if I think if we're, if you think about it, it's like on one hand, it's the way you expect, but then on the other hand, it's the opposite of the way you expect just because of, I think of so much of what we've been taught, what we've been told uh, within just popular Christendom. It's, you've got, I mean, it's pretty simple here. We have, it's been made known that Judas will betray Jesus. Jesus has made this known. Okay. And at the end of the chapter, like you brought up, Peter, who we were talking about in our last episode, who once again is missing the point of what Jesus is showing and speaks, right? And these like imperatives, you know what I mean? Never, you know, all these words that you're constantly seeing, uh, which we laugh because it's it's us, man. It's our story, whether it's something we say out loud or internally. But again, like you brought up, man, like it's made known he also will reject. Okay. He will deny Jesus. Jesus even says so for the cock crows three times, right? Like I'm just, so it's like, whoa, uh, this, this is a scene, but I think what we find couched within it is this thing that we call communion, the -hmm. Lord's supper. And I think the thing that we forget in looking at this is, uh, number one, Jesus doesn't condemn or cancel Peter or Judas. Mm -hmm. Like that right there, man, you could go write volumes on. Number two, Jesus shares communion, offers communion, right? Brings them into the very Lord's supper Mm -hmm. both of them are handed the bread and the cup and participate yes in jesus's declaration yes bro these are two things that jesus god in the flesh walking the earth two things that he does that are completely opposite opposite of everything i was taught to do in bible college and in early days of pastoral ministry yes I was taught how to condemn and when to condemn and who to cancel and how to cancel who counts for communion and who doesn't. Right. And the need to protect that. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm looking at this story and going, well, that's odd. Mm -hmm. The one who, the one we're we're following, we're, we're, we're doing the opposite of. Yeah. How? No. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think, and I'm glad you said what you said because, um, when I say, you know, how you would expect, I guess it's how um, we would expect on the Lark cast, I, I think is probably what I meant meant to say. But it really does like flip your lid because um, the all the years where um, I was kind of like in, you know, institutional kind of Western normative churches, mm-hmm. letting that attend to that was a, you know, a volunteer, like really, really in the way we did communion was like, this is only for believers. Mm-hmm. And if that if we had to say because we had to do this like mass communion, we did it once a once a month, um, and it was you know little wafers in a a bowl, and then this like tray with all these like little circles and little like hard plastic you know thimbles of of juice, and we always would say like, hey, this is for those who believe. If you don't believe, like let let the tray pass. Yeah, let the tray pass. And we've already, we've already, we spent a lot of time 
talking about Peter's faithlessness guised in his religious posturing. Yeah. Right. And so, and then he even says at the beginning of John 13, he goes, what I'm doing right now, you don't understand, but one day you will, you will understand. We'll just wait for the rest of this conversation in what that happens in this room. Most of them don't understand. They're struggling with the idea that he has to leave. They don't get it. Mm-mm. They don't know what is about to happen. They don't even have the full picture of how God is going about redeeming the world in and through his son. Yep. And yet he washes all of their feet and has this moment of extending bread and cup saying, I am this Passover meal. I am the ultimate release from mm-hmm. slavery here right? This Passover, it's me. Something better than the temple is standing right in front of you. Something better than the Passover story is standing right in front of you. It's me. And so it's like, I don't know. I don't know how we like got to this place of like, yeah, dude, we're in, you're out. Let the plate pass. When everybody in this room, dude, everybody in this scene is not even there yet. They don't even know. They don't even have the full picture. And here's a God who stands in their midst, who loves them to the end and includes every single one of them, even the one who in this passage, John says, he had already committed in his heart to portray Jesus. He already knew he was going to do it. Yep. And, and Jesus, Jesus still knew. washes his feet and extends bread and cup. I know what that did to my understanding of how that whole communion relationship inclusion Mm -hmm. exclusion and i don't know how that's hitting you listener um but i will say this shameless plug if you haven't yet go to larksite.com get yourself a free account we have a piece that we wrote called reclaiming communion that goes into this a little bit further we don't have time to get into it right now but it's a piece where that we wrote about this idea. Um, we we know it'll it'll be good further study, but also a blessing to you. Yeah, yeah, we we'll definitely get a chance to get into the nuances, and I think I love the point that you brought up. This, you know, Jesus knowing this. I think um, I love the point about realizing that these guys still don't get what he's doing. Uh, just so we're clear, they all flee. We're going to get into that later on in right. future episodes, but yep. um, yeah. And Jesus knows this. Peter's already rejected what Jesus has made known. Okay. And has been making known in his little pushback earlier, starts to grab on, but takes it into a, another religious direction, missing what Jesus is saying. Right. And then again, it's made known. This guy will betray me just like Judas. And, uh, deny him you know and i think seeing that like i remember you know in the ministry days first corinthians i think it's chapter 14 where you see this like communion scene Hmm. and that was the one that was always used for like this need to really get it together make sure you've got it together go and take care of everything that's not together before you participate in this don't take the lord's supper in an unworthy way you have to discern the body right and so we're like, oh man, yeah, kind of, dang, dude. Like with that said, 
I mean, especially with the Sermon on the Mountain view, I mean, like what Jesus says about, you know, anger, lust, oaths, your yes being yes. I'm like, oh, I'm just saying, I remember just feeling like not just unworthy to participate in it, but even unworthy to lead people in it. Mm. If you're being honest until you go back into that chapter and look at what's actually going on there and going, Oh, they were participating in this in a way that was unworthy of what it actually is. Mm -hmm. You had people who were hogging up all the food and all the wine at a meal and then saying to others, sorry, none for you. Right. When you participate in something in a way that you then look at other people and say, you're not included, none for you. Yeah. <laughs> right? you're denying the very point and purpose of that you know the, i'm the most important person here yeah yeah so screw the people coming after me which, which is what is, he means by discern the body discern exactly. the community discern the community its needs which is why he ends the chapter paul does and saying to everyone so we're clear he doesn't say go and evaluate your life and get all of these things together before you come back right you know what he says? Eat before you come. Yeah. Those of you who came and ate and drank all the food and the wine and then said to others, sorry, none for you in the name of right the body of Christ. Yeah. Eat before you come if you're that hungry. Which I'm going to say, I have Bro. used that as a social strategy. I've used that as a social strategy because one of the things Pam says that I do is that I hover over the appetizer, a table, and I'll just sit there and... I act like that's the actual meal and I just mm -hmm. camp out and just start crushing shrimp cocktail, you know, whatever is there. And she says, Tony, it's kind of embarrassing. So what I, what I have done, I have felt, I have, I have pain. I have, eaten, moments. <laughs> I have eaten before I go to various things so that I can curb my appetite. It's not the, it's, it's not a, a crazy interpretation. It's not a crazy thing. What Paul is saying, no, like, dude, eat a little bit before you come. Like there's only so much food. This is about together this, you know? Yep. So we read one word off the word unworthy there. We ignore the whole point of the entire chapter of what's going on and what Paul's saying. Yep. Misin and therefore misinterpret this one word with our false perception of what God is like. And along the way, we find ourselves like trying to bend what's going on here in John 13 to be able to define who's in and who's out and who can participate and who can't. And we miss, again, remember I was saying, like in the last episode, in all these efforts to become Christ-like, we actually miss what Christ is like. And what yeah. Christ is like is he's one who doesn't condemn or cancel Peter or Judas. Yeah. Judas cancels himself. Right. Which is the whole thing with all the parables. Judas denies his very acceptance. Right. Right out of the gate, dude. That's hell already. That's hell on earth. That's what Judas does. And, but even him doing that, Jesus still does what take this bread take this cup for it's my body for your body it's my blood for your blood washes his feet yep washes his feet same with peter this is a new covenant a covenant i'm making okay with you 
something I'm doing to bring you into the fellowship of the Trinity. Right. It kind of reminds me of um, the parable of the two lost sons in a lot of ways, Um, Mm -hmm. because again, the, the goodness of the older son really kind of like gets, it goes, it goes under the radar. It kind of, we don't really focus, you know, on it. Um, it's really the big, the rebellion of the, of the younger son, just like Judas, you know, you focus on Judas, not knowing that there's an elder brother who with all of his religious fervor, his religious impulses and wants to do good and has a good heart and all that. Um, Peter's unbelief is, is covered in mm-hmm. those religious sentiments and that religious posture. And really it's not like they're the only, the third option is not another person who's responding in the right way. Right. right. The third option is just the son and just what he's doing. And so it's kind of like, yeah, here we are. Here's humanity. Yep. It's it's the the spectrum from Judas to Peter and everything in between. It's the selfishness, the rebellion, the betrayal. You could say that's on the um, you know, the far side of like, re- you know, rebellion. But then you have this real sneaky this real sneaky unbelief over here guised under the you know mm. the peter the yep. peter approach it reminds me of the two lost sons and the That's thing it. that shines the thing that shines in the passage is the one who washes feet and extends bread and cup to both yeah and if you, even if you draw that parallel like at the end of that parable of the two right sons you have one who's denying his acceptance who remains outside and one who finally accepts his acceptance and enjoys the party. Mm-hmm. It's really no different. I mean, you're going to see, and I think a lot of us know the story, Peter, despite all of his constant miscalculations, misunderstandings, <laughs> misbehavior, mm-hmm. um, is still in. Mm-hmm. It's still loved. It's still learning. Man, I can't he, wait he to get to John 20. His acceptance. And but it, as we know, like with Judas's story, right? You have you have a you have a, a different way in which that ends, but it makes me just I think ultimately what I'm seeing here in 13 is just how easy it is to miss grace, you know, just to make it simple. 100%. It's just how easy it is to miss grace. Because making mistakes, denying doubt, all these things that go on in our lives, man, they're they're unavoidable. Okay. In your the in the frailty of your humanity, these things are unavoidable. They they happen. They happen in a moment's notice. It's I mean, it's not even a millisecond, bro, between the distance between waving at someone out the window of your car and giving someone the finger who cuts you off. Right. You know, so it's so I think just seeing that you start to realize like, you know, grace is the air we breathe, man. It's the state of our very existence. It's mm-hmm. not a get out of jail free card. It's not a temporary suspension of the rules. It's not God throwing the law out the window and saying that, hey, whatever you want to do, just have at it. It's all good because it's not. We all know there are things that we can go walk in that are destructive to ourselves and the people around us. 
So God's not removing any of this, but at the same time, grace still prevails. Mm -hmm. It's a state of existence. And I think, you know, as as something Jameson brought up a couple episodes back, we have as much to do with it as we do creation. So just think of grace, no different than creation. It was God who created you. You had nothing to do with this. In him, you find your, your very life in him. You move and breathe and find your being Acts 17. Well, you find that way you live that life. Mm -hmm. Okay. By his grace. Yeah. And I think that's what we're ultimately seeing here. He doesn't condemn or cancel. Instead, he offers communion. Mm -hmm. Period. Yeah. To everyone, despite who you are or what you've done or what you're struggling with, you're invited. If you want to get into like learning to go walk in things that are harmonious, amen, we can get into that. We can see that throughout the scriptures and there's always room for that. But don't confuse going and walking in harmony, okay, with a state of existence being found holy and righteous because of what Jesus did on our behalf. Right. There, don't confuse these things. Yeah. If you do, you will turn grace into something that's conditional. And you will miss grace, miss grace altogether. Therefore, yeah. you'll miss what God's like altogether. Yep. That's that's a dude. That's a, just a sucky way to live, man. Yeah. And speaking of, well, I mean, really, what you're talking about is the difference between a contract and a covenant. And I know covenants a you know a bit of an antiquated way to view things. We don't really talk about covenants anymore. But since we're on the topic of communion, the the occasion of communion in this moment, in this upper room, that it all points back to is um, the moment where Jesus established the new, the new covenant. Here's yeah. the terms. Here are the terms of how this all <laughs> goes down, okay? Right. Um, and the terms really don't have much to do with you at all. In fact, you're really not mentioned in it at all. It's all just about like what my son has done. And it's really represented in just these two elements, bread and cup. That this bread is to point us to the broken body of Jesus. He did something definitive in human history on a cross on your behalf. And this cup reminds us of the new covenant. This, 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 this wine, Mm -hmm. this drink, my blood. It all points to me. The terms and the conditions hinge solely and exclusively on something God has done in Christ. And the only thing left to do after looking at something that's finished, you can't add to it. You can't alter it. You can't improve upon it. It is done and it is finished. John 19, we're coming. Okay, we're coming. We're heading there. Um, the only thing really that you can do to what is called news, good news, the gospel, that's what that word means, is to respond to it. Here it is. It is a reality. God forgives you reality. God welcomes you reality. He has washed and is washing your feet reality. He has extended and is extending bread and cup to you reality. You are seated at his table reality. That is true. And it's a fixed reality and it's a fixed thing. And we're here to say that is what is. What are you going to do with that? Yeah. 
What now are you going to do with that news? My backstory was you got to find ways to apply it. Yep. So you can bring about measurable fruit that you can have some hand in managing. Mm-hmm. But in further study of what Jesus really said, I found that to be completely and utterly untrue. I think grace is not a call to a commitment. It's a call to celebration. You can accept this acceptance, this news, this reality, and you can celebrate this acceptance, this news, this reality. That is the life in front of us. We can... And of course, you could say, "Well, what about trusting it?" Well, it's real hard to celebrate something you don't trust in. That you know that that's that's there. That's the, that's the core of it, right? It's a it's trusting in Him instead of toiling for Him. It, I think, that is the invitation here, and I th- I honestly think that is what communion, which by the way is a meal in the scriptures, you know, right. just so we're clear. I'm not saying you can't take it in the various ways that we've come up with in church history. I'm just saying in the scriptures, it was a meal that you would celebrate right. with anyone and everyone. Dude, I've, I've literally offered people at my table who weren't even believers an invitation into that, told the story of it, watched them participate in it, and also watched them become believers within it. Mm-hmm. I've seen that happen, man. And it was because I didn't say, well, bro, can't take this in an unworthy manner. Better let that Let's cup make sure pass. we get it together. Better let it pass. Instead, right. I let what Jesus did and what Jesus shows us and what Paul goes on to actually speak to in 1 Corinthians 14, I let that determine how I started to see it. And not only did it grace become something new and refreshing and life-giving from my own story, mm-hmm. right? But it also became that for those around me who felt yeah. unworthy. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's that to me is a major aha in John 13. Yeah. Yep. It's so good, man. It's so good. Um, If you are on the same journey that we are, um, maybe we're dropping some stuff. That's just maybe turning some, just some assumptions that you've had about this whole thing and how it goes yeah. right on its head, man. Just know, just know like, you're not alone. <laughs> no. Lark exists not only to share this good news, to share this reality, but also to be a community and to be friends as best as we can to those who are processing that. Because once you start taking this and going back to your communities that you're in, which we encourage you to do that, process that with them, um, you will hit some you will hit some resistance along the way. Um, and we just want to let you know you're not alone. Yeah. And um, we want to let you know that there's more where this came from. We've been given the last seven, eight years, nine, 10 years of our lives, just kind of processing, you know, some of these things. We've written a couple of pieces. Um, we've written a, a lot of pieces, actually. The bigger one is Reclaim. Um, you can go through that. Um we have a lot of additional pieces to that. We're giving everything away for free on, on our website. I've already mentioned it twice now in this podcast. This is going to be like the promotional piece for me. Um, huh. So I don't mean to be I like too salesy about it, but yeah. 
Yeah, well, we it's free, so with... it's not like you're selling it. <laughs> well, we are asking for your information, and if you are clued in on anything in the year 2023, um, yeah. So um, head on over to larkside.com, reach out to us through YouTube. I know there's a lot of listeners on YouTube. I engage with you guys when I can there. Um, Instagram, Russ and, and Krista, Jameson are really di- diving in there. Reach out to us, connect with us, let us know. Man, we'd love to be a friend to you in this journey because we've had our, our our wigs flipped, our worlds turned upside down by some of these little nuggets. But the man known as Jesus. Yeah. Amen for it, man. Amen. I'm just finding my my, my brain's just in one of those uh just kind of wild moments, you know, just talking about some of this stuff out loud. You just you find yourself going, golly, he's really that good. He is, man. He's really that good. He really good. is. And there's nothing to add to it. <laughs> just hopefully can learn to live in celebration of that of that news man yeah so cheers to this episode cheers to you our listeners our supporters check out larksite.com everything tony mentions on there we're here for it till next time cheers, cheers.